God, we worship you. We acknowledge and we know that life's not perfect now. And there's a lot of stuff that's crazy, that's difficult, that's hard. And we want you to come and make it better. And even as we're waiting for that, God, we also wait with some anticipation that you change things and make things better for us now. Um, but we're not just asking you to change our circumstances. We also want to ask you to change us. So would you take us and would you grow us? Would you change our hearts and our habits and our actions and our mindsets? Not just so that we could have different things, but so that we could be more like you. Uh, that, that's what I'm asking for us right now. Um, as we've been worshiping you through music, we're going to worship you through your word. God, would you take our hearts and our lifestyles and would you make us a little bit more like you today? So that's what we're asking with a lot of anticipation. Amen. Hey, you guys go ahead and grab a seat. I am scared of mice. Like, I didn't, I didn't know I was scared of mice. This has been a pretty recent thing. Um, a while ago, I was in my basement, I was playing Madden, and I felt like a presence. Like, just this like deep horror movie kind of presence. And, uh, I look around and I'm by myself, I'm safe, I go back to losing, and, uh, and then I feel it. Like, I look and I see just like two beady little eyes, just like staring straight at me with hatred, I assume. And, uh, there's movement and it's a mouse. And I go into fight or flight mode. So like I jump up, I'm ready to throw hands and then it doesn't have hands. So I don't know what you do then. Um, I look around and it runs straight at me. That's actually a stretch, but that's what it felt like. Actually, it turned, it went under the couch, but I assumed it was going to come straight at me. I was like, I don't know what to do with a mouse. So I found like a kid's toy bucket and I grabbed it. All right, like I'm going to trap it. And I go towards the mouse and um, I try like once and then I just drop it, and I make a strategic retreat. I abandon the basement of my house. That belongs to the mouse now. I go upstairs. I get in my car. I drive at a perfectly acceptable, acceptable speed limit to Lowe's. I go, and they're like, hey, I need some traps. They're like, what kind? I'm like, I don't know. Let me get back to you. I call my friend Landon. I talk to him on the phone. He's in my small group, and he basically says, dude, be a man. Get some traps. You'll be fine. Rough translation. So I go back. I need all of the traps. And so I load up on mechanical traps. Poison traps, sticky traps, little sonar devices you plug into your walls. Like, I don't know if they make commission at Lowe's, but you're welcome. Uh, like, I plug in everything. I get door sweepers. I install it on the door to the basement, and then I install it to my bedroom dorm as well. So in case that mouse makes it out of my basement, past the sticky traps, past the mechanical traps, past the poison traps, past the door sweeper, and past my guard dog, in quotation marks, to my bedroom, there is still one more door sweeper to protect me from him or her, gender neutral, I don't know could be a mouse, whatever. Like, I am prepared. And I get in bed, and all I can think is there's a mouse in my house. There's a mouse in my house. There's a mouse in my house. Like, and I am just still panicky. Like, my mind is still just running. I'm not proud of that. Honestly, got rid of the mouse, sent a strong message to its friends and families. We're good now. Thank you. I appreciate your concern for my safety. Um, but, like, I was just hardcore anxious. Like, I was lying in bed, and I could not make my mind stop. It just kept going. Hopefully that's never happened to you because of a small rodent, but I bet you've been there. Like those moments where no matter what you try to think or do, like your mind just races. Maybe it's, maybe it's not animals, right? Maybe it's stress. Like maybe it's all the things you have to do. Like you're thinking about your week or your weekend. You're like, yeah, all right, got to get kids to school. Got to get everybody fed. Got to clean the house. I got a job. I got to do the email. Oh, parents are going to come to town. And like this list of things you have to do just starts building up where there's so much that like your mind starts to go faster and faster and you're overwhelmed because there's so many things to do. And there's so many things to do. You don't know where to start. And so because you don't know where to start, then you feel paralyzed and then you're anxious, then you're stressed and it just continues. 
Or maybe it's a different kind of fear, right? Maybe it's not like all the things to do. Maybe it's a what if something happens. What if it's like a fear of abandonment? I don't know, it's really common. Maybe dad walked out when you were little, and what if it happens again? So much so that maybe like, maybe you're even in a happy marriage. You've got a great boyfriend or girlfriend, and then you're afraid, well, what if they leave too? And there's still that fear that runs in your mind. And I don't know what it is for you, but I think we all have things and we all have moments where our minds are anxious and our hearts are restless and it's just going, going, going. And we really wish that it would stop and we could just experience peace. And I want that for you. I want that for me. I want us to experience peace. I think Jesus wants us to experience peace. One of the titles for him is like the Prince of Peace. That's a good thing. So I was like, all right, we're going to talk about peace. And then I'm going to look up a great definition for peace. And there are not a lot of great definitions for peace out there. So I'm going to give you a really bad one. All right? Here's one I found all over the place. Here's an unhelpful definition of peace. The absence of disturbance and interruptions. That sounds great. That's not realistic. Sorry, that's not going to happen, guys. Disturbance and interruptions. Do you have a job? Congratulations. You will never have that definition of peace. All right? You're retired. Good for you. Okay. Do you want to have any meaningful relationship in your life? Let's take, I don't know, children, right? Disturbances and interruptions, but you love them. What about dogs? I have a dog. My dog pooped in my house this week. I'm not happy with him. That was a disturbance and interruption. And I still love my dog. What about any meaningful relationship? Because people bring disturbances and interruptions. Like if you really wanted this kind of peace, you would have to live by yourself in a cabin in the woods with no human contact and food is airdropped to you like you're in the Hunger Games, okay? Like that is that definition of peace. And there's a couple of you are like, yeah, sign me up. And I don't understand how you live. <laughs> but the reality is like, that's not realistic. So I want us to experience peace, but we're never, if we have meaningful relationships in our life, we will not have a life with no disturbances and interruptions. So I think there's a better one. I think there's a realistic peace that we can experience. Here's the one Jesus helps us. It's just a different definition. It's God's peace. It's the comfort of God's presence. In the middle of whatever circumstances you've got, you can still experience God's peace. Doesn't mean there's no disturbances. Doesn't mean there's no interruptions, right? You can't have that. And you would have a miserable life and you would make the people around you miserable if you sat on the couch and tried to protect your peace from any responsibilities or disturbances or interruptions. No, horrible plan. I think this is better and this is at least more realistic to experience the comfort of God's presence, whatever else is going on in your life. But how do we do that? Especially when there are so many things that cause us anxiety and restless hearts and restless minds. I think we can experience the comfort of God's presence, God's peace, when we engage God with our anxious thoughts. That's my hope for us. I want to be super clear. That is not saying, hey, you engage God with your anxious thoughts and you were never, you will never feel anxiety. Like that's not how it works. Not promising that. No false advertising here. But I do think that we can experience the comfort of God's presence when we engage God with our anxious thoughts. How? Well, hey, here's step one. Pray constantly, right? Pray constantly. We get this from Philippians 4, 6. Paul's writing to the church at Philippi, and this is what he says. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. So he starts out there. Man, I just want to point out the tone. Hey, don't worry about anything. It's not this harsh command like, don't be anxious. That's not helpful. I know that. You know that. Man, there's a gentle tone. Think about like I mean, a father talking to his kids. Like, hey, don't worry, buddy. I got this. Like, man, man, don't worry. Hey, talk to me about it. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Like everything? Yeah, I think so. 
God cares about you because he cares about you. He cares about the things that you care about. So whatever is going on in your mind, in your life, whether that's mouse in the house, mouse in the house, mouse in the house, or something much more serious, man, God cares about that. And talk to God about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Man, tell God what you need, what you're asking for. Also, don't forget, man, thank God for all the times he's come through before. Thank him for that. And then Paul continues. Then you'll experience God's peace. You'll experience the comfort of God's presence, which exceeds anything we can understand. What's that mean? How am I supposed to explain to you guys something that's beyond what we can understand? I'm going to try. Um, part of my weekly rhythm involves spending some time at a funeral home. So I was there this past week, and I was talking to the deceased's daughter. And I was saying, like, hey, how are you holding up? Like, honestly. She goes, you know, I mean, my mom just died, so I'm not great. But also, like, I'm okay. Like, I've been talking to God a lot, and I know she's with him now. I know that I will see her again. Like, my small group's been great. Like, I have peace, and I don't really know how to explain it, and I don't really know you, so I don't know how to explain it. But, like, but God's giving me peace right now, even though life's really hard. I don't know how people do this without that kind of peace, but, like, I, I, I do have peace. I am okay, but I'm also hurting my mom just died. I think that's the best way to describe it. It's, it's like that. It's a piece that doesn't always make sense. It doesn't always just mean everything's great, but there's still like a piece in the middle of everything else. Man, and that peace, that comfort of God's presence will guard your hearts and your minds. It will protect you as you live in Christ Jesus. And that, the first step from all that, it's pray constantly. So does that mean we're supposed to like pray all the time? Like every single thought is to God? No, that's, that's not realistic. I want to set us up for success here. But I do think that means that it's an ongoing conversation with God. Here's, um, here's a way we can do it. We're actually going to memorize a Bible verse together. You're welcome. You're going to say thank you. You're not going to say thank you. But we're going to do this together. It's a 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Here's our approach. Never stop praying. You guys are going to memorize it with me. Some of you are going to love me. Some of you are going to hate me. But I'm going to say the word out loud, and then you're going to say the word out loud. All right? Never, Never. stop, stop. Praying. praying. Congratulations. You just memorized it. Way to go. Uh, that's hard to do. Like, it is. I get it. Especially when it feels so big. So I want to rephrase it and make a, make a, a different way to look at it. My best friend is a guy named Donnie. Like, he's one of my closest friends in the world. And we don't get to hang out together all the time. But when we do, like, it's great. We'll, we'll get together. We're spending time. And we're, we're talking together. We're in the same room. And we don't talk every second of the time we're together. Right? So we might stop. We might kind of be on our phones. We might do something. So like, I'll be talking to Donnie, and the conversation will die down, and we'll pick it up again. Like, oh, hey, Donnie, by the way. And like, we'll just kind of continue the conversation. Well, prayer is the acknowledgement and interaction with God's presence. So never stop praying doesn't mean every single thought is a conversation with God. But think about it. Like, God is in the room with you. Like, you don't have to say, Heavenly Father, all right, now that you're listening, like, you can just have a conversation with God. Like, he's there. Start talking to him. You can set the conversation down, and then you can just pick it back up. It doesn't have to be the super formal thing. You can just continue the conversation throughout your day, throughout your life. Um, here's some of what that looks like, just for me personally. I'll drive. I'll go from my house. I'll be headed to Kroger, and if for whatever reason I'm going on Taylor Road, I pray a lot because there's roundabouts there, and some of y'all don't know how to use a roundabout. And so I am praying pretty hardcore. All right, God, please keep me safe. Please keep them safe. Please keep them safe. Wow, this is terrifying. And I'll get to Kroger most of the time, get there, and 
it's not like I'm still talking and praying to God about safety on the roundabout. That conversation has shifted. But it might be, oh, I see someone at the store. I know, great. Hey, God, help them have a great day. Then set aside, keep going. Um, I'm getting some food. God, would you help me cook this tonight for dinner? I don't really know what I'm doing. It's just a conversation about whatever is popping up in your mind and your circumstances. It's just an ongoing conversation. It's like pray about everything. Pray constantly. Uh, it, it can change. Like you can leave the store. You can be going. It might be you're on TikTok or more specifically, I'm on Facebook or Instagram and I'm scrolling. It's like, oh, I mean, I haven't seen that person in a while. God, would you help them as they're figuring this out? Or God, would you help me to reach out to them? Or maybe the holy thing to do right now to honor God. I mean, I'll shoot him a text. Hey, how are you doing? It's just bringing God into the conversation with everyday life. Here's what happens. When we do that, Like we get God's peace. It does not mean that we feel no anxiety, we feel no anything. No, it's not what I'm saying. But we get the comfort of God's presence when we bring God into the conversation with just everything that's going on in our life. It's harder to do when we're really anxious, when there's like something specific that is dominating our thoughts. Like I get it. It's harder to bring God in in that moment. I got to do that a couple of weeks ago. I got a text message from somebody I hadn't talked to in a long time, and was okay with that, in the middle of the night saying, we need to talk. Like, have you ever gotten a text message that says, we need to talk, and be like, yeah, can't wait, it's going to be fun? No. But there was a gap of time in between when I got that text message and when I could have the conversation with this person. And so in that time, I had no idea what the conversation was about, but it wasn't going to be fun. And so my anxiety was just jumping off the scales, like continuing, like, I have no idea what this is about. But I would rather have five mice in my house right now than deal with this conversation. And like my anxiety was just spiraling. And so I took a walk and I started to talk to God. It's like, hey God, I have no idea what this call is about. I'm kind of freaked out. I like I have no idea. Would, would you help me? I started to talk about like, hey, would you help me to honor you with whatever this conversation ends up being? Here's the deal. That did not change that phone call at all. Like my conversation with God, I don't think it changed that phone call. But it changed how I responded to it. There was a level of peace and comfort going into it. Still anxious. Absolutely felt anxiety in God's presence at the same time. But you can feel both. Man, I think that's so much better than if I had gone into that conversation just completely on my own with anxiety just spiraling out of control. And never stop praying. Um, so if we just never stop praying, right? Like, everything's going to be good? I don't know about you guys, but... When I start praying, like sometimes my thoughts go all over the place. When I'm anxious, my thoughts go all over the place too. So here's step two if we want to pursue peace. It's to refocus your thoughts. Like refocus your thoughts. Paul actually, in this message that he's talking here, he just continues. In Philippians 4, 8, he says this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one more thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Hey, refocus your thoughts on these things. True, excellent, noble, worthy of praise. There's a list there. These things that are good. These are things, they don't necessarily have to be super spiritual in nature. They don't have to feel super spiritual. But these are things that are good, that honor God. Things that, honestly, we want to focus on anyway. Um, man, have you guys ever watched a home renovation show? Like, love it or list it or flip it or flop it or whatever they call it. I mean... How unsatisfying would that show be if they came into like this nasty ratchet house and they tear away all the junk and they're just like, great, have fun at Lowe's and then they leave. Like, and it's just an empty house with nothing in it. Like that'd be unsatisfying. But sometimes when we're trying to deal with anxiety, we do that. It's just like, don't think these anxious thoughts. And it's like sitting in a bed by yourself thinking, don't think about the mouse, don't think about the mouse, don't think about the mouse. Like that doesn't work. We need to actually replace those thoughts with something else. 
like renovating a house. You take out what's bad, you replace it with what's good. We do that with our thought lives as well. And Paul in Philippians 4, 8 gives us, hey, what are you supposed to think about? Things that are excellent, that are true, that are noble, that are worthy of praise. And refocus your thoughts on those things. Um, here's one of the ways this played out for me. I mentioned that I spend some of my week at a funeral home. Well, I was there and this past week, like I saw some stuff that I wished I didn't have to see, like some dark, messy stuff. And like it was stuck in my head like a, oh, I can't unsee this kind of thing. And so I prayed about it. And then I texted my girlfriend and said, hey, two things. Would you pray for me? And also, would you send me a picture of something maybe like you and your daughter that's going to make me smile? And the reason for this, one, hey, I'm asking for prayer. But two, then I want to refocus my thoughts. Like, hey, what's something that is good, that is excellent, that is worthy of praise? And then try to refocus my thoughts on that. We can do this sometimes with our friends. They can help. But there's also lots of different tools that we can use or develop that help us do this too. Uh, Something that I've seen work is going on walks for prayer. And for me, going on a walk for prayer means also leaving my phone behind. So there's a lot of distractions and connection that I'll set aside and go, go on a walk and just talk to God. And there's nothing to distract my hands or my mind. Just, all right, God, help me talk to you. Um, I know some people journal for the same reasons. This doesn't help me as much, but I know it helps Adam a lot. Is he'll journal and it helps focus his prayers. Um, something that's super helpful for me is actually I have a playlist for like when depression or especially anxiety start to race. Like I have a playlist. It's on my phone. It's called For Dark Days. And it's just a song list that I've made of songs that remind me of things that are true about God and that are true about my circumstances, whether or not I feel it in a moment or not. And even if I don't feel like listening to it, it's putting some stuff in my mind that's true. Like there's different things that we can do to help us refocus our thoughts. It can be our friends, it can be playlists, it can be habits like journaling or prayer walks. But there's stuff we can do that can help us train our minds to refocus. Like the good news is that like we can train our minds to focus on the right things. Like biologically speaking, we have neural synapses inside our brain. And whenever they fire, it becomes a little bit easier for them to fire again. Like the synapses physically move a little closer together. Here's what this means. When you think a thought, it is physically easier to think that thought again. Okay, so when you have a spiral of thoughts like mouse in the house, mouse in the house, mouse in the house, like it is actually easier to have that thought again and again. Good news is it works the other way too. Like when we think about things that are excellent, that are noble, that are worthy of praise, these things that honor God, it actually becomes physically easier for us to think those thoughts again and again as well. Sometimes hard to start, but it's easier to keep going. So we want to refocus our thoughts. That's want to never stop praying, right? To pray constantly, to talk to God, and then to focus our thoughts throughout the day on the things that are good. But but then what, right? Well, sometimes we've got to slow down. That's my next thought is we pause. Just pause. And then do a heart check. Um, Paul kind of talks about this, or at least we get this principle from Philippians 4, 9. So he continues, he says, keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me. So says, hey, don't be anxious about anything. Pray, talk to God about it. Focus on the things that are right. And keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received. What have they been learning from Paul? Same thing we've been learning, right? We want to pursue joy by being responsible for our responses, right? Our attitudes and our actions. We want to take control of those. We want to pursue unity through humility. We want to pursue growth through gratitude. We want to pursue success by redefining it as enjoying life with Jesus. Like all these other things that Paul has been talking about, he said, hey, as you're dealing with anxious thoughts, you need to be doing all of that too, Keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me, everything you've heard and you saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. There's the deal. Great news. God is not a transactional God. 
Like, we cannot say, all right, God, I will be perfectly obedient and you will give me perfect peace. One, we can't be perfectly obedient. And two, God gives us peace even when we mess up. Like, we get something called grace. It's incredible. It's God's unmerited favor. And it means that even when we miss, man, hey, God is still there. Here's the flip side. And God gives us grace, his unmerited favor, to do the right thing in the first place as well through obedience. We get grace when we miss it. We also get grace to be obedient even when it's difficult. And that's something that honors God too. And Paul is writing, he's like, hey, everything else you're supposed to do, and make sure you're doing that too as you're dealing with anxiety and restless thoughts. And are you doing everything else right also? It is not a statement saying, all right, if you do everything right, you get peace. Or if you don't do everything right, and we don't, you will have no peace. That's not what's being said here. But at the same time, as we are experiencing God's peace, the comfort of God's presence, and God's presence is more comforting when we're walking towards him and we're enjoying life with him. And when we're being deliberately disobedient on something, sometimes God's presence isn't as comforting. I've been there. I get it. And sometimes... Man, I think God doesn't let me experience peace because he wants me to experience him first, something more from him first. So here's my thought. Man, let's pause. In the middle of everything else we're doing, sometimes let's pause and just do a heart check. Um, That's what I call it. It sticks with me. It's just this idea of, okay, God, like, hey, here's my heart. Will you you search my heart? Is there something I need to change? So I normally ask two questions. It's, God, is there anything I need to start doing? Right? Maybe these are habits that you know we're supposed to do, but we don't always do, like reading our Bible or praying or serving or giving or belonging to like a community of people. Uh, like, man, are, is there something I know I'm supposed to start that I'm not doing? Or is there something I'm supposed to stop? Like, God, is there something that I'm doing right now that's, that's this wrong and I need to change it? And I'll just ask, like, God, is there anything I need to start doing? And then is there anything I need to stop doing? Sometimes I get nothing. Like, okay, God doesn't always answer, but sometimes he does. And when he does, then the response to that is like, okay, will you help me do that? And then to be obedient there. So we're actually going to do that now. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray for us. My ask is if you're willing, hey, you just kind of pray the same prayer silently. And we're just going to see if God puts anything in your hearts or in mine. So I'm going to pray. Um, God, we just want to take a second and pause. We want to experience your peace and the comfort that your presence brings. And at the same time, we want to be obedient. So is there anything you want us to start doing? God, we want to live and honor you. Uh, so at the same time, we want to ask, is there anything you want us to stop doing? And would you help us do that? Okay. And that's it. Like, like that's it, guys. Uh, sometimes God puts something in our hearts, and okay, then let's do that. And sometimes he doesn't. Okay. But in the middle of everything else, as we're dealing with anxiety and restless thoughts, man, Paul had said, hey, make sure you're doing everything else, too. So sometimes the best thing we can do is just slow down and say, God, is there anything else I'm supposed to do right now? Anything I'm supposed to start? Anything I'm supposed to stop? Then would you help me do that? Sometimes we get something, sometimes we don't. But I know that's led me to make some changes in my life, and I'm sure it will again. When we do that, and when we obey whatever God puts in our hearts, we often get to experience more of him. And the peace that we're talking about here is called God's peace. Like, it's not a peace that we manufacture or create on our own. Um, people have been looking for peace for a long time. Eastern civilizations have often looked inwards, looking for an inner peace. Western civilizations have often looked outward. If I find this or accomplish this or get this, then that will bring me peace. What Paul's been talking about here is, is an upward approach. It's looking to God for peace. And that's good because we don't have to come up with it on our own, but it's also hard because we can't come up with it on our own. And the only way we get to experience that kind of peace is by pursuing God who gives it. And one of the ways we can pursue God is by being obedient to whatever he puts in front of us.
And once we do all those things right, like, then we get peace? Kind of. Maybe. So the thing is, this isn't a formula. Like, I love formulas. I love Excel sheets. I think if the world would just run on Excel, life would be a great place. I'd appreciate that. X plus Y plus Z equals peace. But that's not how life works. And even this, like, it's not a formula. It's a habit. So so we're going to look at this, all right? But as a habit that we build. So that first step was to pray constantly, right? Pray constantly. Just have an ongoing conversation with God, like he's right there in the room, about whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, whatever your circumstances. And as you pray constantly, man, we want to refocus our thoughts. So we refocus our thoughts. Like, man, what are those things that God talked about? Things that are excellent, that are worthy of praise. These things aren't, man, we want to refocus our thoughts. And when we need to, we pause. Slow down. We do a heart check. We ask God if there's anything we need to start doing or stop doing. And then we're obedient to whatever he puts in front of us. And then we get peace, right? 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 No. Then we get to repeat this. We get to repeat it as needed. It's not a formula. Like, I wish I could give you a formula where if you do this, then you will control whether or not you get to experience peace. Like, I want that for me. I want that for you. That's not how life works. I don't want to give you a realistic peace. That realistic peace is the comfort that God's presence brings. And when our lives are a habit of this, man, then we have lives with a habit of experiencing God's presence and the peace that it brings. So we pray constantly, we refocus our thoughts, and we pause, and we do heart checks, and we, we're obedient, and then we repeat as needed as it becomes a habit in our life. And I, I think that first one is just where we're going to start, also where we're going to end today, with praying constantly. So in just a minute, we're actually going to transition from our time of teaching to worship through song. But here's the deal. Worship through song is, is a prayer. Like, that's our heart for it. You can come, you can just enjoy the music, and that's awesome. But where I think it becomes something special is when it's not just words you're singing, but actually it's a prayer that you're speaking or you're singing to God. And that these lyrics, like, they're us talking to God. And so in just a minute, I'm going to pray. And at the end of it, I'm actually not going to say amen. Like, we're just going to continue the prayer through song. And so we're going to let this song of worship actually be a song of prayer as well as we talk to God together. So let's pray together and then let's sing. God, would you help us to experience your peace? Because our hearts and our minds can be restless and anxious and can run all over the place. From little things to big things. There's a lot of things to be scared of in this world. And you love us. And you care deeply about us. And you want us to experience your presence in the middle of everything else that we experience. So would you help? Like, would you help us right now throughout the day to have a conversation with you that starts now as we sing together, but that we bring through all the other just parts of our life. That we're talking to you and we're engaging you with our anxious thoughts. And then when our thoughts go all over the place, would you help us to refocus them? Help us to refocus our thoughts on you and the things in life that honor you most. And would you help us to pause and to listen to whatever you tell us and then to be obedient to that? And then would you help this to be a habit of our life that continues? We're asking this from you because we know how great you are and how powerful you are and how much you can do this. And at the same time, we're also just worshiping you because you deserve our worship and praise because of how incredible you are. So we love you, and right now we sing to you and we worship you through song.